I want you to think about something right now that you need Jesus to step into. Can we just declare his name over that? Father, right now, God, if there's brokenness, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll bring healing. I speak your name, the name above all names, the name that brings healing, the name that brings life. I speak your name into every situation this morning. I pray your presence, your power, your anointing, your authority, God, be revealed. God, that your glory rise up in every situation, Lord. God, let, let sickness be healed. Let disease be healed, Lord Jesus. Lord, let emotional wounds be healed. God, let spiritual wounds be healed in Jesus' name. Let life rise up where death has tried to creep in, where hope seems to be lost. I pray that the hope of the living Savior who is sitting at the right hand of the Father, will, Lord, will touch everyone in this room right now. In Jesus' name, let your glory, God, shine through. Let your name be exalted. We come to believe. We come to receive in Jesus' name. We magnify you, Lord. We glorify you. We thank you, God, that you are in this place, even right now, God. Lord, we acknowledge your presence. We grasp a hold of the throne room today, Jesus. We enter in, God, believing that you're able to do far above what we might ask or what we might think, God, because we know that you are the God that can bring possibilities within impossibilities, God. You are able to do in Jesus' name. Have your way in this house this morning. Have your way in this place, Jesus. Thank you, God that you are here. Thank you, Lord, that you are a chain breaker. Lord, break, help us to see breakthrough this morning. Help us to see light in the midst of darkness today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody. Do you love him this morning? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You might be seated this morning. Wow, isn't God awesome? Isn't He amazing? Isn't He good? Yes, He is. Yes, He is. Praise the Lord. If you have your sword with you this morning, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, would you open that to Luke chapter 24? Luke chapter 24. I see swords being opened. I see pages being flipped. I see telephones being scrolled. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I mean, you know, I mean, some people have a hard time with new technology. At least we don't have tablets of stone we're trying to pull out here. You know what I'm saying? At least we don't have scrolls of sheepskin up here rolled out, you know. Thank God somebody's got the word. Amen. Luke chapter 24, verse 13 says, now behold, two of them were traveling the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together all, uh, uh, they talked together of all these things which had happened. Verse 15. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were strained, so they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk, as you walk and are sad? Then one of those named, whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem 
And have you not known that the things which have happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet. I want you to notice these things. Who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and, and word before God and all the people. And, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things have happened. Father, I pray, Lord, that we will find our true hope in you. I pray that we will not find and search for our hope in the things of this world, that we will not misplace or misinvest Lord, the hope that we have, but Lord, that we will find a true hope in you, that your word will revive us and renew us, and we will be quickened by your spirit and renewed by your presence. We ask this in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. You know, growing up, Church of God, I've, you know, I've heard tremendous messages on faith, I've heard messages about love. I've heard messages about holiness and sanctification. The messages about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the, the birth, the life, the passion, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But you know, sometimes we, uh, in my younger days, we didn't hear much messages about hope. And how many understand that we need hope? Amen? What is hope? Hope is a desire accompanied by an expectation or a belief of its fulfillment. We believe that something's going to happen, right? Right? We live, by and large, in a world that has forgotten the, what godly hope is all about. Lost the sense of what hope is all about. Not that they've forgotten the word. We understand the word hope. We use it in all different kinds of ways. But we have reversed what hope looks like. We've reversed what hope means, you know. It's kind of like somebody comes to me and says, Pastor, I'm, I'm going to dedicate myself to the Lord. I'm coming to church every Sunday. I'm going to stop, uh, I'm going to stop cussing. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm just going to come to church. And we say, well, I hope so. <laughs> and, and, and sometimes that hope looks like, well, I kind of doubt it, but, you know, I hope so. <laughs> it's kind of like saying, me saying to you, hey, I'm only going to preach 15 minutes today. And you said, I hope so, but I kind of doubt so, and so do I. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> we've kind of reversed what it means to hope. We've Either that or we have negated by, by using it in crazy ways. Like you're driving down... Uh, 321 at 75 miles an hour, you run a red light and you're swerving back and forth and the blue lights come on behind you and you say, well, I hope they're not pulling me over. <laughs> no, it's a, I know. <laughs> we kind of made hope something it's really not, right? Wow. But here's the word of God in Psalms chapter 16 and 9. It says, therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. 
Amen? What the Bible speaks of hope, the connotation used is not just wishful thinking, right? It's not, I've got my head in the clouds and I don't see any problems. That's not what the word hope looks like. It's not just wishful thinking. On the contrary, it's in the midst of all of these temporary situations, I believe that God is still God. I believe that he's still able to take care of me. I know that I can find my rest and my strength and my comfort. I know that I can find it in him. I know that I can be confident in the expectation that God himself will reveal himself when it is his time and I know that he'll take care of me. Amen? Amen. It means anticipating something with the full assurance that it will happen. Amen? I mean, think about this. Without hope, you can't have faith. Without hope, you can't have faith. Somebody said, well, wait, wait a minute. What do you mean? Now, Brother McGarry, I'm not used to you being on the back row. I need that amen pew up here, brother. <laughs> Love you guys. Without hope, you can't have faith. Because uh, Hebrews chapter 11 one says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Right? Right? So now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So I have to have faith, right? So somewhere along the way, when, when, when faith is all that I have possible, I also understand it is something that I'm hoping for. I hope that God is coming back and that hope is, has a faith attached to it that says just as he has risen, he will come back. Amen? Amen. Paul is telling us that faith is only made possible by hope. The opposite side of that coin is, is that if I don't have faith, I also don't have hope. Somewhere where faith has died, my hope has also left the building. I mean, isn't that kind of the way the world seems they want us to be hopeless they, they want us to be beat down they want us to lose sight that we have an eternal purpose they want us to not believe that there is a, a heavenly home that the Lord Jesus has created for us he said if, and if I go to prepare a place for you I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am you may be also we have to believe that that is our heavenly home that this world is just a temporary passing I'm not stable here I'm not stuck here I'm believing that God has something greater and I know that I know that I know that I know that one day he's going to break out of the clouds of glory and he's going to say son go get my children and bring them home come on somebody hallelujah thank you Jesus Woo! man I'm about to get excited up here y'all hallelujah I mean have you ever met somebody that's lost their faith I mean, really, really before faith passed away, they went by the graveyard and dropped off their hope. You know, somebody who's lost their peace, literally before peace left the building, they lost their hope. We've got to have hope. Psalms 31, 24 says, Be of good courage, and, and he shall strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Listen to that. Be of good courage. It's going to take some courage, y'all. Be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Psalms 39, 7 says, My hope is 
in you. Psalm 71, 5 says, For you are my hope, O Lord. Isaiah 8 and 17 says, And I will wait on the Lord, and I will hope in him. Jeremiah 17, 7 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. Listen, we need the hope of glory. Amen? Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think about you. Think about this. God is thinking about you. I don't know about you, but that blows my mind. God is thinking about you. And the words that he says, he says, thoughts of peace, right? Not of destruction, not to tear you down, not of evil, but to give you a future and a hope. Wow. A world that's hopeless needs a God that gives them hope. Lamentation 3 and 24 says, The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in him. What's he saying? He says, sometimes my soul's got to say to me, I've got to hope. When everybody else has looked down, when everybody else has turned me aside, when everybody else says it's hopeless, my soul even says to me, I've got some hope and it's in my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's the hope of glory. Amen. Amen. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, we've got to put our trust and our faith in the Lord. And it's then that our hope will no longer be past tense, but it'll be present tense. I hope now God is able. When we learn to function with an attitude of hope, when we learn to operate in hope, everything begins to change. Everything begins to move in a spirit of hope. We have to understand that, that hope is more than just optimism. I mean, look, I like optimistic people. I mean, you can get in a boat with an optimistic person. The boat can have a hole and say, we're going to make it. Right? I mean, it's amazing. I love optimistic people, but, but when I think about it, and in reality is, is I would rather be marooned on an island somewhere with an optimistic person than a pessimistic person, right? Because an optimistic person, well, we'll find a coconut, we'll plant a seed, we'll do something. We'll make it. Ain't no seeds in coconuts, just mind you. <laughs> hey, Lordy. Some people naturally see rose petals and others see thorns. Some people see silver linings and other people just see clouds. Some people see the glass half full and other people say, who drank my tea? Right? <laughs> what just happened here, you know? Did I drink all that? Oh, Lord, help us. <laughs> Amen. Having hope in God goes beyond seeing rose petals and silver linings and pie in the sky. It goes past all of that. You see, there are times in our spiritual journey that even our best intentions of hope become displaced. They become wrongly invested or misplaced. And, and as we look at this chapter in Luke chapter 24, these men were walking down the Emmaus Road and had been hoping. They had been hoping. In fact, they said, we were hoping. But now these guys, here they are. I mean, they've been hoping, but they're sad, they're pressed, they're dejected, they're deflected, they're, they're pitiful. And here they are whining, oh, but we were hoping. None of us whine, do we? Bunch of whiny. Verse 20 says, but we were hoping 
that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. What I want you to see is that even the most valiant, even the most, uh, the, the, the most wonderful men of God in the midst of all of their trials had lost their hope. They lost their vision. They had hope. We were hoping, but they lost their vision. Think about it. Jesus had manifested himself right beside them. He was walking literally and physically right there beside them and they were hoping but had lost their vision. God, help us to see. Help us to understand. What happened? What happened is that the fact that that their hope was based on a scenario of their own feelings, of their own, on their own plans and their own trials. It didn't happen the way they imagined it to happen. It, Jesus didn't do things the way they thought he should. He didn't do it the way they expected it to, so they lost their hope. What does that mean? Well, their hope, past tense, they were hoping was in the plan and not in Jesus. We were hoping. You have, to have to, you have to understand that, that sometimes the will and the timing of God is going to play out differently than when you expected it and what you expect. Oh me, amen, praise God. It's in those times that you had better know that you know that you know that God is our hope. We read that scripture in Jeremiah 17 and this morning in our brood awakening, our our. our unscheduled brood awakening class we talked about this verse blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord but, but it also says just before that cursed is the man who trusts in man and in verse 9 of Jeremiah 17 it says the heart of man is ultimately corrupt, it's deceitful, who can trust it? What's he saying? He's not saying that you can't trust a brother. No, no. He's saying, look, you can't trust in carnal flesh. You can't trust in your feelings. Your feelings will lead you astray. Your circumstances might, might give you a, a skewed perspective, and you can't trust yourself. Matter of fact, the Word of God tells us, submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. How many understand this? That submission is not even a thing until it goes against what you believe. If everything's going the way I want it to go, it's happy, it's wonderful, it's great. I can do it, yes. But as soon as that preacher says something that I don't like, I ain't submitting to that because that ain't what I like. Lord, help him. But that is the moment when, when God begins to move and, and we don't understand it. We don't, we don't, it feels different. It's not what we've expected. That's not how I grew up. That's not the way I've always been taught. Dude, when I was in the jungles of Honduras, things happened that I wasn't taught. God, that, that can't happen that way. Because my theology teacher said it don't happen that way. Tell that to the enemy. Right? But guess what? I submitted myself to God. I said, Lord, I don't understand it. 
Lord, I don't know why I'm going through these trials. Lord, I don't know why my wife was broken into and everything was stolen and, and, and it could have been bad. I don't know why on the island of Utila when, when, the, when the guys come out of the water with guns and blew them out and, and, and rushed toward our building. I don't know the fear that I was facing and I don't understand why, God, do I have to be in the middle of this craziness. But I said, God, I trust you. Lord, I know that you have brought me here for a purpose and that somewhere along the way, I'm going to get an opportunity to tell somebody that Jesus loves you. And finally, that morning, at a church service that was planned and everybody's half out of it because they've been up all night because of the craziness that took place. And I'll tell you the depth of that story one day. God allowed me to speak life into an island of people. God allowed me, look, was I terrified that night? Absolutely. Was I frustrated at the enemy? Absolutely. Was I scared for my family? Absolutely. But God put a word deep in my spirit that night that I will never forget. And I know the, the word of the Lord said, be still and know that I am God. Come on, somebody. You can lose your house. You can lose your car. You can lose your job. You can lose your dream. And if your hope is in temporary things, you will lose your hope. Your hope has to be in the, etern in the eternal things of God because it is that that is never shaken. It is that that will not deter you. It is that that you can hold on to and it will be forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. Amen. These disciples, they were... They were godly men. They were followers of Jesus. And here they were that evening on this seven-mile journey toward Emmaus. It's kind of like an old western, right? Because Emmaus is to the west. It's kind of like, you know, the, the, the cowboy riding off into the sunset. The reality was Jesus is alive and well. The reality is, is that he's resurrected. The reality was he was dead, but now he's alive. Hallelujah, praise the Lamb of God forever and ever. He's alive. But for, but for Cleopas and Simon, it didn't matter what the reality was because all they had was their perspective. Human nature sometimes looks past reality and only sees perspective I mean there's diseases that that have manifest because of faulty perspectives young people who stand in the mirror can be skinny as a bean pole and, 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 and the mirror says you're fat right and causing anorexia because of what is it real no is it truth no but because of a perspective of a mirror that, that you believe, it then becomes a disease and taints your life. God help us, right? Our perspectives are often shaped by our past experiences. If you have been broken by someone in the past, 
it's easy to project that feeling on somebody else who reminds you of that past person because of a perspective. Is it the same person? No. Has that person ever done anything to you? No. But because of the, 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 the situation that you had in your past, your perspective has changed over every person that reminds you of that every time you see them. Our perspective seems more real than the genuine reality. And for these two disciples, it didn't matter that what was, it didn't matter what was right there in front of them, it was what seemed right. Woo, God help us, right? But our hope must go beyond the things that seem and the things that, that, that might be there. Look, our perspectives are jaded. Our perspectives are, can be distorted. These disciples were, we were hoping. They should have been saying, we are hoping. We are hoping. It's the third day. Guess what? We're hoping that it's going to happen today. But no, we were hoping. Wow. What they hoping? They were hoping that it would be done their way. They were hoping that it would be done there in their timing. They were, they were not hoping in Jesus Christ their hope was in just their own hope. Wow. You see, even these godly men had become distorted in their hope. Their hope was based on what they saw. Their hope was based on what they heard. Their hope was based on what they felt, touched, tasted. I mean, look, they're not the only ones. So this is not to be condemning in any way. I mean, John the Baptist, the cousin of Jesus, the, for, the forerunner of Jesus Christ, found himself imprisoned, found himself being depressed in a prison. And guess what? In his jaded view, in his distorted situation, he even sent his disciples to Jesus and says, are you the one or should we look for another? It can happen to anybody. It can happen to us all, right? <laughs> God help us because our hope can't be subjective. It's not subjective to what the situation around us is because then it's changing, right? I mean, and the reality is, is that flesh and carnal human nature is fickle. It's inconsistent, but the things of God are not fickle and they are not inconsistent because he said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. With man, things change, but with God, it doesn't change. Amen. Where man is inconsistent, God is the same. Where man is fickle, God is eternal. When our hope is based on the humanistic and carnal things, our hope may change and, and, and fluctuate for momentary situations. But guess what? When we find our hope in Jesus... Everything changes. See, with, when we put our hope in ourselves, when we put our hope in our, our own way, in our own timing, we lose our dreams, we lose our aspirations, we lose our vision. But when our hope is in the providence of God, we know that He will fulfill His plan because it's in the characteristic of God. And when things are in the characteristics of God, God is a stable, powerful, unchanging God. Amen? Amen. 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 Woo, hallelujah. What's that mean? That means that whatever God is, our hope is transformed into. If our hope is built upon the foundations of Christ Jesus, 
then our hope is eternal, right? My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Man, Brother Mott wrote that, and I think it was 1834, took out a pen. Look, it can't be on anything else because everything else is sinking sand. Everything else will, will cause us trouble. If our hope is based on our friends, guess what? Friends are fickle. They may betray you. They'll be your fan one day and you'll flame out the next day, right? If your hope is based on family, family will forsake you. If your hope is based on possessions, guess what? The thief comes in to steal and kill and destroy. They can be destroyed and stolen from you. But if your hope is based on eternal things, then your hope will weather every storm and will survive everlasting to everlasting. Hebrews chapter 6. I'm closing, if a, Tina, if you want to come and play. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11 and 12 says, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. That you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patient inheritance the promise. Verse 19 of that same passage says, This hope we have is an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. The anchor holds when the ship is battered. The anchor holds when the sails are torn. I have fallen on my knees as I face the raging sea. The anchor holds in spite of the storm. <laughs> Ain't that right? The anchor holds. These two disciples as they traveled along the road, they were confused, they were tired, their hope had died and become past tense. But then, they but then the resurrected Jesus began to speak into them. Think about this. Jesus showed up. Why are you so sad? Why are you so downcast? Why are you in this position? Why do you feel this way? And here's Cleopas, you know, Lord, are you the only stranger here? Don't you know what's happened? Jesus was crucified. But we were hoping he was going to redeem us. Not to mention, this is the third day and we hadn't seen him yet. The stranger. Aren't you glad that the stranger shows up sometimes? And he begins to rebuke them. Verse 25 of Luke chapter 24, he said, and Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning from Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Something about the way this stranger spoke changed their life. I mean, even to the point that they were like, hey man, won't you come in and eat with us? 
In reality, it wasn't even an invitation. They begged him. I mean, he was literally planning on passing on. But I said, no, 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 come on in, come on in. Just go ahead and eat with us. And in the midst of that, we see verse 30 of chapter 24 in Luke. Now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them, he took the bread, blessed it, and broke it. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And he gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him. And he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Didn't our heart burn within us as he walked with us on the road? And while he opened up the scriptures to us, so they arose that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed. He has appeared to Simon. What caused the dead faith to be resurrected? What caused this lifeless hope to be revitalized? Did our hearts not burn within us? Guys, <laughs> they spent this time with Jesus. Let me tell you something. If you spend time with Jesus, everything changes. If you'll take time to, to spend with him and allow him to open the word to you, allow him to illuminate the scriptures in your life, hope will be reborn. See, as they were talking about Jesus on the Emmaus Road, everything was past tense. Jesus was a prophet, past tense. Jesus was mighty in word, past tense. Jesus was mighty in deed, past tense. We were hoping, but now he's dead. Distorted, distorted perspective, the view killed their hope. Everything was past tense. I don't know where you're at this morning. Maybe that hope that you used to have is past tense. Maybe everything that you have experienced in God was yesterday. Maybe you're still living off of an experience that you had with God years ago, months ago. And your hope is waning. You feel like, well, you know, I just don't understand God. I don't understand why he's letting me go through this. I don't see the good in the situation that I'm in right now. I just don't know that I have hope anymore in God. I'm just ready to give up. How many times do we feel like we're just ready to give up? We're just ready to quit. I just don't understand it. And the, and the reality is, is that we've, we've, we've literally taken our hope out of Jesus and we've invested it in something else. So the word of God says, we always use this about financial things, but says, don't store up your treasure where moth and rust corrupt, but store your treasure in heaven, right? We've stored our hope in, in temporal things. We've put our hope in our own expectations or, or the expectations of this is what the church should do or this is what God should do or this is what I think it should happen. This is the way it happened 50 years ago, so it's got to happen that way. And we've put it in a perspective of our experience. But as society changes, the word doesn't change, but the things around us change. 
And we have to realize that when the Word of God says sing a new song, that means there's new songs that that are being birthed even right now in the Spirit of God. It may not sound the way it sounded 50 years ago. We're not still singing the, the Gregorian chants that they were singing a thousand years ago. You would quit church if we started saying, uh, you know what I mean? Look, we're not doing it. Some of you might be happy. Marvin would be happy. He likes, he likes that classical music. But the point is, is that are we willing to see God in the right now? Are we willing to put our hope in Jesus and how he's moving right now? Are we willing to trust that even though it don't look the way I like it, my, my hope is still in Jesus? Look, our youth... Look at, look at this good, good gracious. Look at these guys. This is the reserved section. You know what I love about this? We had a southern gospel ministry come last Sunday night. You know the largest group of participants at that service? the youth you know why they you know you know why they were here because two youth pastors said you know what if we want the older generation to respect and support us we're going to come and respect and support them We had a concert Friday night. Guess what? Didn't see many old folks here. Guys, this generation needs to know you love them. This generation needs to know that I'm with you. I don't, I might not like how the music is played, but those words are powerful, and I'm going to be with you because I love you. That, we need to be hand in hand. We need to be multi-generational. We need to expect God to move because God wants to. Our hope can't be on yesterday. It has to be in our Lord Jesus Christ. And He is constantly on the move. He's not sitting there doing nothing. He is moving. He's manifesting. He's operating amongst us. Are we willing to see Him move? Are we willing to embrace what he's doing right now? God help us, right? Maybe this morning, that's where you're at. I just, I just feel like I'm depressed. I'm hopeless. I, 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 don't, I don't know the next step. I, I don't, my faith is waning. Well, today God can make that right. Today, God can transform that hope. He can resurrect life into you. You know what's great is, is our ushers are going to come and we're going to participate in communion. And it's so amazing that, what was it that opened their eyes? Jesus broke bread. <laughs> 
And as he broke bread, their eyes were open. Today I pray, guys go ahead and serve if you will. I pray that today as we obey the Lord in communion, I pray that today your eyes will be opened. I pray that today your heart will be pricked by the presence of the Holy Spirit. and That you'll let Him do a work in you. Realizing that He is an awesome God. As they're passing this out, I don't ever want to neglect this opportunity. If you say today, Pastor, man, I've been struggling. I've been really having a hard time and I need a touch from the Lord. Would you raise your hand? It's all right. Come on. This week, Sally, or last week, Sally, our security director, she's lost two brothers in a matter of a two-week period. She's been struggling. Can you imagine the, the, the enemy creeping in, trying to discourage and bring doubt and fear in her heart? I want to believe for her today. Amen? I want to believe God to strengthen her heart. Gary Stott found out, he woke up Monday morning, couldn't see out of one of his eyes, found out he has a detached redna. And so he went for emergency surgery, but they found out that he had eaten breakfast so they wouldn't do the surgery. So he's flat on his back this morning, and he might be even listening to us right now. But he goes into surgery tomorrow to correct that retina. He wants to believe for him. Amen. I know Erin Dillinger, who's up faithfully serving, she has surgery this Friday, I think it is, uh, a spinal surgery. I want to remember her. I'm trying to think. I want to remember Jim Blodgett as well. They have released him from the hospital. He's at Morning View in rehabilitation. But he needs a miracle this morning. I want to believe for him. I want to believe for Kathy. Kathy's Lozier's having a really tough time with her physical body and needs a touch from the Lord. How many know that God is able? He's a healer. And every one of us, I guarantee, has something that we need God to reach into and touch. And I want us to believe this morning for that. Father, God, thank you that you are our eternal hope. Thank you, Lord, that, that we can trust you and know that even when circumstances don't match up with our expectation, we can know that we know that you are faithful and that you are true. And Lord, I pray that we will be submissive to your plan and your will. That we would not lean, as the, word, as the psalmist said, lean not to your own understanding, 
but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Lord, let us lean not into our own feelings, emotions, our own carnal flesh, but Lord, let us completely, wholly lean on Jesus' name. God, have your way in us today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your cups, you can stand with us if you like. Somebody said, grape juice on the new carpet? Jesus, just as he did at the table with all the disciples, broke bread with them. He broke bread with these two disciples. You know what that tells me? As Jesus is willing to even meet with those who doubt him. Jesus is even willing to walk with those who've lost their way. Isn't that amazing? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. He's with us. No matter where you are in your walk, he's with you. Amen. Brother Dugan, he's with us, isn't he? He's with us. He broke bread and he blessed it. Let's partake of that. Lord Jesus, today, I pray that our eyes will be open to your, to your will. Lord, I pray that we would let go of false expectations. Lord, that we'll let go of our generational agendas. That we'll let go of the expectation for you to move in the way we think you should move. Lord, Help us to submit ourselves to you. Let our eyes be open to you and you alone. God, direct our path. Your word says that the steps of a righteous person are ordered of you. God, order our steps and let us not make a misstep. Let us invest in your will, in your plan, and not our own. In Jesus' name. You know, in the Luke 24, it doesn't say that, that they drank together. It said they broke bread. But I guarantee you, if you're going to eat, guess what you're going to do? You're going to drink. I am forever grateful for the sacrifice Jesus made on the cross of Calvary for me. I never, ever want to take for granted the love of God. Amen? Jesus, I thank you for this cup. I thank you, Lord, that your word tells us as we do this, as often as we do this, we do this in remembrance of you. Would you participate and take the cup?
Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you that you love us so much. Thank you that you care for us so much. Lord, I pray that if there's anyone today that is in this room or watching with us online, I pray that today their eyes will be open, that their ears will hear what the Spirit of the Lord would say to them today. God, that they would embrace your truth, they would follow your plan, and they would fulfill your will. We thank you, Lord, that our hope is built on nothing less but Jesus' blood and righteousness. We will not put our faith in anything else because everything else is sinking sand. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love you guys. Would you love on somebody and let them know you're glad to see them this morning? Hey, at the end of this month, remember our last Sunday of this month, we'll be having an an outdoor service down in Townsend, and we'll give more information as that comes. This coming Wednesday, we will have, we'll start a new model for the summer. We'll be going over the book of Galatians, and um, we'll have worship and service in here Wednesday night. Come on out and join us.